0: This year, love your skin again. Go to dimebeautyco.com now and unlock your discount. That's dimebeautyco.com.
2: Hi, guys. Wow. Well, I am going solo this week. Laura is traversing the glorious countryside of Japan right now. And I am left to my own devices back in LA, just suffering. In the smoggy, late winter haze. But thankfully this week, we are being graced with one of my dear friends. She's an iconic comedian, truly. An amazing writer, TV writer, stand-up specials, you can name it. And she obviously is an iconic co-host of a very famous, popular podcast. I'm really excited to have her on. Karen Kogareff.
1: Hi.
2: Has joined SUP. As our guest co-host, Karen.
1: I mean, what an honor.
2: I am so happy you're here.
1: What what an unqualified honor it is to be here. The most qualified.
2: I'm like, (laughs) this is so exciting for me. We were just saying before, I wish I was doing we were doing this in person. I do too. You're just over you're over the hill from me. And also I wish
1: I actually it makes me sad that Lara isn't here because she and I still haven't met in
2: person. I know, that's crazy.
1: It's so strange. And we actually talked about it like, oh, we should do, you know, whatever. We have to meet in person. And that was pre COVID, I believe.
2: We'll do like a hang. Karen has like truly the coolest house I've been in in LA. And it's like (laughs) the vibiest house. And so I think if I'm going to invite myself over and bring Laura,
1: that would be amazing. I would love it. And she can bring Um, her dog. And then she can bring Tony.
0: Yes.
2: And you, our dogs have met Mango and your Frank and (laughs) Blossom have sort of a complicated dynamic.
1: There's a, they're a thruple for sure, but the power players change. Mm -hmm. Um, They're in a constant when, when um, your dog comes over, my dogs both go crazy in different ways. Mm -hmm. Frank tries to alpha the whole time. And it's really, it's really old school of him. And it's really traditional. And embarrassing to me. And then Blossom, basically, she kind of gets domed a little bit. And then you get embarrassed. And we all kind of, like, it's just, we're it's a constant thing. And then Frank starts to get maybe a little aggressive. It's just, and they do the exact same thing. It's happened two times in a row where they just can't not do that.
2: Yeah. Frank seems, he wants mango. Bad. After a certain point. He he wants to both destroy mango and, like make love
1: make deep love on the and mango and
2: blossom have this mango i'm i get like embarrassed i'm worried that he's invading her personal space and we all just sort of we you're right we kind of just sit there looking and i think there was one time where you were like i feel like we shouldn't be watching this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they but also you can't stop because i feel like especially i have two dogs in the mix so mango definitely um is is in the middle. Yeah. But maybe the un- unlucky pair. We're not sure. Well, like the dynamic shifts very quickly. Yeah. Um, high drama.
2: High drama. They chill out sometimes.
1: Yeah, but Frank Frank is a very kind of like, uh, Frank has some habits. He's an old dog and he's has some habits. So it's really hard to get him to stop paying attention to Mango or to like just leave it alone for a while. I love Frank. I mean, you're, you. What choice do you have?
2: He's the. He's like a. He's like the lighthouse keeper of the valley. He's kind of like <laughs> has lighthouse keeper energy. You know, like he, he's like a. He, he's like a salty old wharf dog.
1: He needs a big knit sweater with, like, yeah. with a roll, a roll neck at the top. That would be he, because he could absolutely carry a pipe in his teeth, and that would make sense for Frank.
2: And a lantern, just up the spiral staircase. Yep, mm-hmm.
1: trying to be on the lookout. He's always yeah. on the lookout. That's the energy.
2: I was, we were, <laughs> Simon and I were driving through Century City the other day, and we saw, we drove by, or not Century City, I'm sorry, um, Westwood, and we saw a place called Wharf Spa. Oh, what? <laughs> And we were just imagining, like, what goes on.
1: <laughs> Guys and waiters walking Guys, around. yeah, and, like,
2: foghorns, <laughs> instead of, like, the relaxing, like spa music just foghorns going and seagulls just
1: reeks and... of sardines oh
2: <laughs> crab <No>. crab facials <laughs> <laughs> Wharf spa I was like this is incredible and it's so it's just it's very like it's on Wilshire it's just like very it's like there it is but I was in, blown away by and it it's,
1: in, it's like mid-century city it's not on the actual no it's coast. like
2: it's coming it's like between Santa Monica like Right near the Wilshire corridor, like in Westwood with all those big condo buildings oh, like yeah. right before that. And it's just where the we all go to the doctor.
1: Yeah, yeah, where we
2: all I was coming from the doctor. Yeah. But I just yeah. I wanted so badly to go in there.
1: Yeah, that would be amazing. It would be funny if there was like a kind of a mid middle of the room fog. <laughs> just kind of like you're walking <laughs> through a a kind of like person sized fog bank everywhere in that <laughs> building. <laughs>
2: And whoever, your masseuse, like, appears out of the fog.
1: Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to surprise you.
2: Would you like to come back now?
1: (laughs) I'm not a ghost, but I am wearing a wet nightgown right now for reasons I can't explain. Okay, I guess I should trust you're not a ghost in the fog.
2: Everyone's just wet.
1: Or, like, they're unloading huge crates.
2: (laughs) There's just, like, yeah, there's a, a crew of, you know most dangerous like snow crab men loading crates and you never see there's no boat obviously but they're just loading stuff
1: they're just loading stuff into oblivion or they're holding (laughs) up like lobsters that are too small and throwing them back you're just like from from where to where what's what is this place
2: (laughs) yeah you're walking you're walking to the (laughs) to the massage room and you're just like dodging like fish being thrown at you lobsters
1: (laughs) Seagulls seagull. swooping down,
2: and you're not sure if it's just the sound of one. They just make it seem like you're like really
1: ah! Oh That would be mm. like they've worked really hard on the the audio experience.
2: <laughs> the maison, <laughs> or it's just
1: you in the corner, mm. <laughs> no giggling.
2: Yeah, our complimentary sound effects presented by this tall gay man in the corner <laughs> making fog. Mm. Mm. <laughs> so i obviously i know like on my favorite murder which is still to this day like just one of the best podcasts ever i, I listen Thank you. it's weird i know like we've talked about like you listen to sup yep and it's we're like very close so it's like weird when i listen to you for my favorite murder because i'm i like kind of separate you and i'm like <laughs> listening to karen the host yes and it like becomes like I'm
1: very different
2: no and it's just like it's just i because i I mean, that's easier said than done. I still, like, I'm like, oh, there's Karen. But, like, I get so into it, like, what you're talking about that I'm like, Karen. Like, I get kind of starstruck.
1: Oh, <laughs> Well, you I know? I think we did talk about this because there was a little – there was a – I go through these phases and SUP hmm. has been a big – where it's um, you become my morning podcast. So Aww. it's just nice – a nice way to when I'm waking up and like, you know, I like to do dishes in the morning, start oh, laundry nice. in the morning, you know, go through like a little pro- a morning process. And um, there was a period of time and it was uh, I got super into the love. What the fuck?
2: Lohan Island.
1: Oh, my God. Yes. Lohan Island for sure. What was the Brett Michaels love? Oh, one?
2: oh, um, Rock of Love. Oh.
1: <sighs> Rock of Love, like I was binging it and needing, I was listening to you and texting you. It was like, and I was kind of like up in your business a little bit, but it is that thing no, where I it's loved like, it. I was listening to you and Laura have these hilarious conversations and I would need to say to you what you had said to each other <laughs> so that I could like, cause that's like the final, like, and now that I finished the circuit by telling yeah. the host I heard what they said. And so anytime any of my friends do it to me, I absolutely – I love it and I appreciate it because I know that feeling where it's like it's not enough to know you. It's not enough to listen to your podcast. I need to tell you that I listen to your podcast I need to, to tell you what I'm what listening
2: happened. to. Insatiable yes. Bitch Goddesses, I'm glad that people related to that. And I miss doing that. I miss doing I miss doing the voices. I miss the women. Ugh. They were But like-
1: then same with – with new lohan jersey Island. housewives
2: oh tough sicilian bitches and
1: and lohan i mean you guys picked some really amazing ones because well with all of them i never watched any of them i pure it was like my two friends were like you have to watch this show here's what happened and i <laughs> that literally, was my favorite like, detail okay, later
2: <laughs> yeah that 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 made me for me i was like okay that we're doing something right if karen who's like you're truly probably the funniest person or like one of the funniest people i've ever known is just listening for for kicks without watching it i was like okay for the
1: federation i'm for listening the federation. for
2: the federation <laughs> um no that's so but great. also because I...
1: y- you can recognize when your friends are having like when your friends riff and are having fun and then get to that point where they're like the you you guys are uncontrollably laughing about a reference i mean that's it right that's that's the joy of podcasting. Two yeah. people are having the conversation, you get the observational high of mm-hmm. thinking you're included when you're actually just the audience, <laughs> but it feels like you're with with them.
2: Yeah, it's so funny. Like, I mean, I when I get to that place of like where I'm like about to like peace myself, um mm-hmm. I I worry that the sound of my silent laughing is like frightening. Yeah. Um, because it is no, it's when you get to that place where you're like, <gasps> you know, and it's like this sort of like death rattle, yes. kind of sound. That's when I'm yeah. like, oh god, people are. That's what we're in it right for. Now. I know we're
1: in it to almost die of having fun,
2: because mm-hmm. that's
1: just the that's what gets us through life is to just push that boundary of like I'm choking on my own joy right now.
2: Right. When's the last time on your own podcast, because you guys always, I love your banter with Georgia, and, like, you guys are, what's the last, what's, like, the the moment, what's a really memory you have of, like, that kind of uncontrollable laughter, like, either <laughs> when you were,
1: because
2: a... you, I think the way you recount, the way you tell the stories of the, of the situation you're recapping, or, like, the crime, or the survival story, like, you always, you guys always have such reverence, and, like, you make sure to talk about like the heroes and the victims and but you'd always bring that humor, which is why everyone loves the podcast. But like what's a moment where you were like, Oh my God, I'm I can't handle this. I'm laughing so hard.
1: There's been a there's been a ton. It's harder and, you know, like we were saying, it's harder in to do it this way. Doing podcasts not in person I know is it really sucks for the hosts and you have to kind of replace that. Like every once in a while we'll record and I'll, I'll say to Steven or Hannah, like, Hey, if I'm, if I'm over talking and that just cut me out, but I'm always, it's like, you feel like you have to reach extra um, to get, to try to recreate what you were doing naturally just in the same room together. Um, So that's, that's always a challenge. Um, and when, and you know, we're going to have studios again soon. So that'll solve all that. Amazing. Reaching feeling. But the first thing that comes to mind when you say that of laughing, it used to happen all the time when we performed live because right. we both did this, but George's would make me laugh because she'd be telling me the story. Um, but she would use, there would be like phrases. One time she called someone, she says, and then, uh, it was something in reference to a person's body and she called them his upper legs and I was like do you mean thighs and then we both started laughing because it has nothing to do with what we're talking about it has nothing to do with anything it's literally her and I in front of like 3000 people and I'm like wait, can you just really quick tell me what you're talking about? Or something like that where, like, we are having this other experience separate from, like, we're supposed to be putting on this show. And it's so funny to me, because that really, it's like a live podcast. You're watching two people talk to each other. And that idea where it's like, we should be doing, it's like, in my mind, it's always like, showbiz, we're supposed to be doing a certain kind of show. And sometimes it's that, you know, we don't know each other's stories. We don't kind of know what the other one is talking about. And sometimes we actually do have to ask each other those questions or, but also Georgia surprises me all the time because especially with with comics, you start talking similarly to other comics. Like people do the patterns are very similar. Georgia's patterns are nothing like my patterns. We're very different people. And when she says stuff, first of all, her brain is insanely fast and she'll say a thing and like I never see it coming. I never yeah. see what she says coming. And it's delightful because then, you know, it's not like, oh, I know this joke or whatever. She's always says shit that is so hilarious and so weird.
2: Well, it's like a it's like a it's like a partnership. So it's like you gotta keep things, you know, yes fun and fresh. So it's like it's nice when your friend slash creative partner has that like unexpected sort of you know what I mean? So that's cool that you can surprise each other.
1: Yes, completely. I think that's the fu- that is actually the fun, especially because we've been doing it so long.
2: I know, and it was hard.
1: Quarantine was really hard. So, yeah, t- like podcasting and trying to like entertain other people when you're kind of like, what's happening? Like staring out the window. We were, I mean, we did it. We did that together. It was so bizarre. It's continues it to be. Yeah.
2: Karen and I and a few other friends. Bridger Weiniger was one of them, who hosts. Um, Sam Owen, no yeah. Gifts. Sam Owen, Simon. Obviously, we did like a weekly game night over Zoom, and we would play Quiplash. <laughs> and it was there were a few times where like we just kind of stared at each other. Yeah. And we were just like, we're, "Oh my god! Like, is this all there? Is this it?
1: Yeah, we can't be around each other. Yeah. In terms of safety, so I guess right. this will be it, and maybe this is it forever. <laughs> like, I know, so insane. We,
2: We did like we're talking like deep in like the begin like the April or May of quarantine where it was like, damn, like quiplash, yeah, and like and I would be, and I felt so much pressure because it was like I have to perform. This is my one night to perform on quiplash.
1: We always want to win. Yeah, but that's too. There was some. There was some really fun insane like quiplash answers in there that i was just like "Eh." remember after a while we just knew who the person was who did oh yeah (laughs) we got really good at it Yeah,
2: yeah we got weird
0: This year, love your skin again. Go to DimeBeautyCO.com now and unlock your discount. That's DimeBeautyCO.com. Are you ready to win Mother's Day and cement your reputation as the best gift giver in the family? Give the moms in your life an aura digital picture frame preloaded with decades of family photos and you will rise to the top of the heap and you will be deified and worshiped for the rest of your days walking this planet
2: because as anyone who with siblings know that's the only goal on mother's day is to be the favorite
0: and if you're an only child you're still competing with all your other extended family members and it's important to wage a war and come out on top if you're an only child you're also at war with yourself So what you can do is get your mother or the preeminent mother figure in your life, an aura frame, you load it up with photos. It's literally the easiest thing to do. And I know that you might be thinking, you digital frames are bleak, but I'm telling you this aura frame is chic. And the best part is it has unlimited storage and an easy to
2: use app. So you can keep updating your mother or mother figure's frame with new photos. So it's the gift that keeps on giving and uploading.
0: I gave my mom an Aura frame and she had resisted for so long because she's truly anti-technology, like barely even understands how to FaceTime. And I said, just let me, just let me. And I set it all up for her. I plugged it in. I fired up the app. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off, plus free shipping on their best-selling frame.
2: That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code SUP at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Sibling fights are unavoidable. But what if every fight you had was under a microscope on a global scale? It's actually much bigger than these two brothers, stretching back into the history of the British monarchy. Did their feud start with the royal family's mistreatment of Meghan Markle, or was it something that started much earlier?
0: Follow Disantel on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: There's some weird stuff happening. I just sent you the, not to like divert, but it is kind of quippy, uh, or like It's quippy, apropos. thematic.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I guess... In like the last hour or so, there they, some top U.S. official, I think at the Pentagon or something, confirmed that a Chinese spy balloon was has been traveling over the country.
1: Oh, what are they, what would they like, like?
2: Yeah, I'm wondering what's going on. It was like over Montana or something.
1: Oh, so they're in. They're lo- looking into. A fishing resort they're looking they're looking for a, <laughs> a wharf spa
2: they're looking to get the signal for yellowstone
1: oh my god they love yellowstone they're in China. trying to find
2: their their the signal got blasted into into <laughs> the ethos and the chinese government is now like very into yellowstone that's what i'm feeling
1: yeah, and then they want to come for their own firsthand Yellowstone. Mm-hmm. You you yeah. sent me that article, and then I I wrote back. Did it have the tip, the TikTok logo on the side? Where I'm like, what if it's just people trying to find new dances?
2: Yeah, I mean, look, we're already we're all spying on each other, so like it's not that, but it is kind of like it's it's like cringe when when like one of the top powers of the world like gets busted for spying there's like a there's like a oh i'm embarrassed
1: well and also you know it's I mean? not it's not like one of those um micro robots that they like to show us pictures of where it's like this could be a fly in your house that's actually right. a camera it's, a balloon. <laughs> it's like, a balloon like like you mean the 60s ufo sighting style yeah. balloon like they would it? did they try to weather balloon it
2: yeah, it is very, like, swinging 60s, if you think, if you, like, imagine, like, doot, doot, you know, very, like, mod.
1: Yep. A balloon. Or 1860s. Like, it's yeah,
2: like
1: you is. all went up in a balloon to,
2: yeah, to it's honor very, Queen like,
1: Victoria? Like, Why?
2: I'm just imagining, like, a magical hot air balloon <laughs> <flying>.
1: <laughs> With a big, and someone pulls out a big, long, like, a telescope. <laughs> what are they doing down there? Yeah. Crazy mustache.
2: Did you see that movie that came out, like, during... There were so many movies that came out during COVID where I was like, what? It felt like a fake movie, but it was The Aranauts. I know. You saw it? (laughs)
1: Yes. Well, because... Okay. (laughs) Well, you you go first. No, no, no. I was
2: just like, I I was watching because I was like, these people have both won Oscars, I think. And they're just in, like... (laughs) I mean, what's the plot? It's, like, turn of the century...
1: They have to go somewhere, so they use a balloon. <laughs> I cannot remember the plot at all. It was, and it was almost like one of them's an adventurer, and then the other one like flips over into the basket accidentally, and now they're on the adventure too. Wasn't that part of the beginning?
2: Oh, I, I didn't see it. I was just like, oh, but I was, I was dying. It made every time I saw an ad for it, I, it was killing me. But I was also like, I don't know if I can bring myself to actually watch Eddie Redmayne and Felicity Jones.
1: I did. Because it was a period piece.
2: You love that. And you know,
1: I love period piece, A. B, I love balloons, and I always have. <laughs> um, <laughs> and C, honestly, that's exactly what I thought is, how are they going to do this for 90 minutes or however long they've decided that balloon movie should be? Like, how are they going to be in this balloon? It can't be for more than three scenes because yeah. you can't do a full-on movie. Like, But then and i can't tell you i can't tell you the plot at all at this point cuz it really was i was like this movie's for me it's all the things i love here we yeah. go and yeah it was just it immediately was irritating <laughs> um
2: did they have they, like I I think apartments were... in the balloon Do they have like <laughs> no no like quarters <laughs>
1: Like, did they go downstairs?
2: You yeah, well, I was, I, was just, I was just imagining when you said, like, well, now one of them's along for the ride. I was imagining they had, like, cabins and little, like, chambers. No, no.
1: From what I remember, it was, like, a classic, there's a basket underneath, uh, like, a, a big torch and then a huge balloon. And they're it's just a hot air balloon situation, from wow. what I remember. And they were bickering... And then, you know, they bump up against each other enough times, and then suddenly they're getting along great i i I could have absolutely fallen asleep and dreamed this part i yeah, I don't really remember because I just remember being like there was a time when people did use balloons to fly around, and they thought that was gonna be the future of traveling. I think like in the seventeen hundreds
0: there yeah. was a time when
1: that was real, and i I'm fascinated by like. What brought down Big Balloon in the 1700s? Big... Why why didn't it continue?
2: Well, maybe the French, I don't know, revolution. I uh I yeah, it is crazy though. Like, cynicism. Were, like, maybe it was just cynicism. cynicism <laughs> it's an idealist mode of transportation. It's a very like yeah. It, yeah. you have to be an optimist. If you're like You have to be a little goofy. You have to be a little zany, you're kind of Wes Andersony. <laughs> you have to sort of be like, you know, kaleidoscope
1: look into look into my kaleidoscope
2: yeah you have to have like also, monocles
1: i think there was some cgi okay this it, this may or may not have happened
2: i'm, I'm gonna just believe you
1: you know it'd be fun is if we found out i was the only person that watched that movie of you everybody. might have
2: been karen
1: I, I actually could have been and i'm doing it so i'm doing it such an injustice because <laughs> let's you. just say this <laughs> it deserves justice for
2: the (laughs) Aeronauts.
1: it was such a good idea like i wanted to be all in i know they did do some stuff with like real good cgi of like what it would be like to be up there and look we're really flying and that helps them get along clouds and stuff i don't know from what i remember you know then there's like weather up ahead but then i think they came they came down from what I remember, but it's, I don't, I can't go on record because this, it literally was like two full years ago and I probably was looking at my phone. I probably hit rent for like full price,
2: uh-huh. like nineteen
1: ninety nine 99 rental.
2: <laughs> yeah, you're like, And then okay. immediately
1: just started reading Twitter. Reading. I'm positive yeah. I did that. So, but I do think they came down out of the balloon sooner than I expected them to, but I could be wrong about that.
2: No, I was wanting, like, full stratosphere and troposphere, not coming down to the earth until the last five minutes.
1: Right. It just, how do you, you know... Was there, like, a villain or doing... was
2: it just, was Weather the villain? <laughs> Weather. <laughs> like, I'm imagining the sort women. of, like, a Daniel Day-Lewis, like, mustached... Chasing ah! b-
1: another, b- another arrow not chasing them. I think maybe... They were, it was like, I now I'm also afraid, because there was a really good TV series made out of Around the World in 80 Days.
2: Oh, really? Did you ever
1: see that? It was so good. And
2: no, I think I saw the original, there was like a movie from the 60s, right? Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. They remade it, the, and it was so good, and it was, I think, David, who's the guy from everything, he's been in everything, Broad church and doctor who david tennant yeah okay david tennant is the star of the updated around the world in 80 days and he's amazing the woman who was in it is amazing sorry i don't know her name i think she's like a young younger british actress uh and then there's a third guy i also don't know his name he was amazing and i think he was french a french actor
2: sorry to this woman really
1: well made i'm sorry sorry to this i do not know this man
2: (laughs) Era- I do. female aeronaut erasure
1: <laughs> it's so rude and i don't have a beef with any of these people and also i'm the one that brought it up and i don't know
2: no any that's, names. that's literally me every pot like every time we podcast i'm like people the listeners always talk about how i'm like the king of misinformation so don't worry
1: yeah me too. I mean, I think that's part of recording everything you say and putting it into mm. the public. It's like, well, you're wrong about this. And it's like, right. And so would you be if I recorded everything you said? <laughs> and and I say that defensively as if I don't do this absolutely by choice.
2: Right. <laughs> a willing profession.
1: <laughs> I'm choosing to record myself and I'm choosing to say things when I know for a fact I don't know if they're true. That's my that's, passion.
2: It's a, There's a beauty to it. And it's like a truth. There's a truth to it, you know what I mean? It's true. It's your truth,
1: and there's You're a freedom it. in it.
2: There's yeah. freedom.
1: It's a true freedom <laughs> to spread disinformation.
2: <laughs> the beauty of misinformation is the purest form of free speech. Yeah, in a democratic society. In this wicked world, there's. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's like. I feel like I saw like I've read about like weird sightings of like. In, like, the turn of the century, like, a man hovering around or, like, flying and, like, weird inventions of, like, people testing out, like, balloon-type aircraft and stuff. And that always Mm. freaked me out.
1: That someone might use a balloon to...
2: Just, like, that they were, like... For some reason, like, a man in the 1800s testing out some sort of aircraft is, like, freaky to me.
1: Because you don't know if he's, like, a time traveler or he's just really smart and no one knew about him and he's, like, secret knowledge.
2: Yeah, I think it's more the time traveler. <laughs> I think it's more <laughs> I'm like deeply afraid that he's from the future.
1: Yes. There's a little interesting kind of thing around either uh Jack the Ripper or there was a guy they called Springheel Jack. I don't think it was the same and this one I should absolutely know. But he, he witnesses would say that he would do stuff and then just like jump away and he could jump like twenty feet like over a brick wall to get away no. in this way that he was like spry beyond <laughs> blunt, like beyond belief yeah and he so he the cops could never catch him because he would just like that was either rumors around the murders of jack the ripper where people were just like this is this person has gifts or like talent you know powers yeah
2: no that makes sense that sounds like what's that x-files episode where the guy like can squeeze oh squeeze the squeeze guy who can like squeeze into the vents
1: that one is so fucking scary
2: and i think he was the fucking guy who married courtney stodden
1: oh yeah that actor yeah that Mm -hmm.
2: fucking perv. but um he yeah that he like would come out only he would come out like every 30 years he would like sleep in like a nest and then he would like squeeze to kill people and eat them or something
1: Yeah, that whole idea, when we get into um, this, this entity has been around for a long time. So (laughs) they use a balloon to travel or they use like, you know, what they jump over brick walls and alleyways that don't exist anymore and any of that kind of stuff. Or it's like, he's a watcher from elsewhere. It's very Uh believable. It's easy to kind of listen to and hear because you're just like, what is this real? And it, it's it's lore it's it's why people like lore and repeat lore because it's like oh there's a man that stands on the edge of the forest and watches (laughs) and he comes out every 15 years you're like what and you immediately believe it because it's the creepiest thing
2: well it's so specific yeah it's like his the ritual of some like that's the creepy thing of like these people's like the patterns they did and you know but to hear like sort of an urban legend of someone that like only comes out once but once every crescent moon and it's you know what i mean
1: yes it's connected to some uh yeah you move you moved the rock but mm-hmm. i didn't know it was yeah i didn't know i wasn't allowed to move the rock well you moved 100%. it now the guy's coming
2: yeah he's now yeah. he's relentlessly pursuing you and he will not stop until you were extinguished
1: <laughs> i mean uh, yeah all of those things where it's just like but people talk about it so it feels like it's true cuz this is the thing that this is the lore from this area. Or remember when like I would say it was 10 maybe 12 years ago, could be less, all of a sudden people started showing up in wearing clown suits and carrying axes and they were it was on yes. social media all the time and it became like its own viral trend. Yes. Where like they were doing it in um nearby here up in the Kern River in Kern County, that's where they had, like, they arrested two different people or they they caught people on video just standing, holding an axe, wearing a clown costume. And then suddenly it just kind of started happening here and there around the country. And I, just, I was yeah. so obsessed with it. But it was almost like this modern-day version of, like, those weird...
2: The spring, like, S- spring Hill Jack, or, yeah.
1: A weird new version of Spring Hill Jack, where it's, like, it's part rumor and part, like, is there actual... An actual threat here, or are people trying to freak people out?
2: Yeah, I remember that. That was so, it was like a, it was happening like every few days for like a month or two. Yeah. And I think it was like somehow coinciding with like the new It movie. I don't know. It was weird. And it was always like, they they would just like stand, someone would be like on the porch being like, I see you. Yes. And it'd be just someone, you know, standing under the lamppost on the front walk. Yeah. And I mean, like, I want to die.
1: You want to write it off as viral marketing. But I feel like it was before the new it movie ever was premiering. Yeah. It was like it felt standalone because it was random. And that was part of why it was so scary. It was like, why would you do this?
2: It was like a concerted effort. It's definitely like a harbinger of things to come.
1: Yeah. Like, here's an example of bad vibes. <laughs> the bad vibes, the bad are vibes
2: are about started. To, yeah. With it the was clown. like
1: 2014.
2: Yeah, Bad Vibe started around 2014, 2015. Yeah. And then it just kind then ex- of continued.
1: Then it then Trump was elected. And then it was like, oh, I see. I see what's happening.
2: Yeah, he was the ultimate clone. Um, <laughs> really fast before we get into our episode, um, have you read The Shards yet by Brady Snellis? No. His new book? I think you mm-hmm. would really like it.
1: Okay, I'm running that down.
2: It's like a story happening in early 80s. In the valley and like Sherman Oaks, and it's sort of a uh, like Maholland Drive, and there's a serial killer, an active serial killer, terrorizing LA, like in the background. So it's like this sort of like nebulous dread that's yep. slowly seeping its way into this group of high schoolers who go to like the Buckley School.
1: Oh yeah, fancy yeah, school.
2: It's really really scary. You would okay. You like it. Speaking of entities from a time before now. I'm Carrie.
1: And I'm Karen.
2: And you're listening to Sexy Unique Unique Podcast Podcast. Salty Utah Queens.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Do you do that with an accent? Is that one do you have a little bit of it?
2: Salty Utah. It's kind of like a kind of like a you know Joan Collins. Yeah, May West. (laughs) I'm on fountain right now. I'm on Fountain Avenue. (laughs) I am really happy this season is coming to an end. I know you don't this is gonna be a fun episode because Karen is like kind of catching up, we'll say, with what the drama and (laughs) Catching the, up
1: with the entire, with the entire series,
2: the entire franchise.
1: But here's what's crazy: to know about the Jen Shaw's arrest when I don't. The idea that I can say her first and last name is hilarious. I am not familiar with anything, right. and I actually, I actually remember when um the season 1 started and remember you and I and Bridger we were talking you were like come on let's you sh- you should watch this season of this because it'll be specifically Bridger is from Utah like well, than you to talk about yeah. and i think i watched 8 minutes of the first episode and said i am sorry i cannot do this you turn
2: on the aeronauts and said.
1: i was like i need balloons i need <laughs> period dresses
2: (laughs) (laughs) i need baskets
1: i can't look at this
2: so this season three like you know i think it's no mystery to people listening to this podcast i'm i haven't been the biggest fan of this season i think it's a sentiment that a lot of people share i think they did a lot of weird dancing around stuff i mean they always kind of do that on Real Housewives are there's a lot of like off screen drama that they don't really get into and they tease it, yeah. but then we have to be it's like in Beverly Hills when Kathy Hilton apparently called someone the F slur. Oh some guy, <laughs> the gay F slur. And we d- we were deprived of that. They did, she had a cease and desist, so they cut all the footage of her like having this meltdown. And I was so looking forward to watching this stately woman call someone, a, you know, a faggot. Because that would in- make me That would be delightful to see, and you would like that. But like in the
1: 2020s, she did this. She got caught in the 2020s. In In the the 2020s, you tell me.
2: (laughs) Yes, in Aspen, she called a DJ, Kathy Hilton, Paris Hilton's mom, whose sister Kyle is on the Real Housewives, Kyle Richards. Yeah, she allegedly got so mad at a club in Aspen that she allegedly called a DJ who wasn't playing the music she wanted, the slur. When he said, Sorry, this is Paris,
1: Paris Hilton's mother, so she's got to be at the very least in her late sixties, early seventies, yelling at yeah. DJs.
2: Yelling at a DJ who he did tell her to go back to L.A. Cool. But she <laughs> she went. <laughs> no, I won't stand for that. And then she went after him and went for the the biggest insult in the book. Oh. But but they do this. They like and then she and called then this, him fat she called him fat yes she had said you have a fat head no but that's what that's what this show loves to do they love to like have several episodes like a whole arc about something that happened that we are not seeing we were not able to see so we don't know what's really going on and it's really frustrating because it's so cathartic to actually see it or to at least get yeah. the audio and they don't do that and that's they're leaning more into that now and because a lot of these housewives are so savvy with social media, like they know how bad they're going to look. So they're all like now cease and desist are becoming a thing. And like now things are being edited and it's highly produced.
1: That's what I was going to ask you. Like on this um, reunion. Yeah. It's a reunion. Part two of a reunion that we watched.
2: Yeah, the final that of I watched the whole season. Yeah.
1: And I was going to ask you, do they know, like, at this point, that those commercial breaks when they're called, but they keep rolling, which is, like, I was like, this is unbelievable reality show producing. Right? Where they're, like, and cut, but they're, they're not I cutting like and all cameras are still rolling. I think it's mm-hmm. great, but do they know? Because they were saying some, like, private stuff on set.
2: Yeah. I think they must have an idea. I think they know. I mean, at this point, it's, like, it's so produced. But I do think that when... These reunions, I think they film them for like thirteen-hour days or something. So they're like on yeah. the set for basically a whole day, and they're just, you know, they're hungry, they're probably a little drunk, you know, and they're like exhausted. Yes. So they might they might forget that the cameras are there. It it did feel like that
1: a couple times
2: with this episode when they were back eating eating lunch and they were just like shitting on each other.
1: Oh my god! When they went to their separate buses, they're like, yeah, I called it the team buses. And then we're just like getting real.
2: Yeah. The 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 trailer division was very felt like you saw the line in the sand.
1: Yeah. Because, well, should we just start at the beginning? Because there's like yeah, so many it. questions I have. There was four whole ladies that left immediately.
2: <laughs> so we, like, those What's are their <laughs> So they're 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 the friend of they're the friends of. So they're sort of like junior housewives. There's like the varsity housewives okay. and the JV housewives. So they're sort of like housewives in waiting, hoping to get, (laughs) they are, they're like hoping to be, make enough stir that they'll be promoted to like a full-time housewife. So they sort of throw them in. Yeah. They throw them in and they test them. They see, you know, who's a star, who, who's incendiary, who's like ready to just pop off. And then if there's enough friction, they'll probably have them back. And if enough fans like them.
1: But on this finale, it was like, okay, bye. Almost immediately.
2: (laughs) It was very like the fog comes in and then it comes out and they're gone. Or like in the train going under the tunnel.
1: I literally thought I had skipped ahead accidentally because it was like, two questions and then andy cohen was like well thanks ladies and i was like oh wait i i thought i was trying to memorize people's like hair color and if someone (laughs) would say their name yeah and i'm like oh i don't have to worry about those four characters at all now they're just not there
2: yeah i mean they were so they they it was like a kind of a cliffhanger they had them in the last like 10 minutes of the previous episode but they were it was it was like a jarring exit i was like wait bring them back first of all because they're the only ones giving anything in this fucking reunion but also (laughs) what what dark magic are you using yeah andy cohen is a dark lord
1: he is the most empathetic apathetic person i've ever seen like he asks Mm -hmm. really difficult questions and then people spin out and people all the crosstalk begins and then he ends it by saying like well she's just expressing her feelings and then he just goes on to his next insane yeah. probing question that no one wants asked it's amazing
2: he's amazing he's like a true you know he's an evil genius he's like he knows at this point i mean these this is his bread and butter and he knows exactly what to say to rile these people up yeah and he does yeah. and then he'll do that you're right he'll do that occasional like well i think she's just trying to and it's such like <laughs> the gay friend kind of like <laughs> mediating
1: Tell her what you feel. Don't tell me. Tell her what.
2: Yeah. Tell her <laughs> that kind and of. Vibe. Yeah. And then, or he'll be like, it kind of felt like you were really going in on her with that. You know what I mean? And 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 yes. that, and, and because he's their boss, they have to play nice with him. But he gets under their skin.
1: Yeah. Well, and I know you're used to this, and this is all like this is literally me, like going through the grocery store like look at the frozen food section but there was like there was a part where so i the main the main woman that seemed to be the one everyone wanted to talk about that wasn't jen shaw was heather am i wrong about that
2: yes no you're not wrong you're you're perfectly right
1: so what i was absolutely adoring and i was like oh i could really get into this (laughs) because that woman so many times was like it became this psychological study, right? Because so, yeah, Whitney would say like, "You really hurt my feelings when you said that thing about gossiping or whatever," and then that woman would be like, "If you chose to speak." ill of other people and i don't participate and you judge me for that that's not something i'm going to control and then they roll a clip and she's literally like what they say and giggling like the most evil person do they not know those clips are being rolled where it literally is here's the proof that you are a liar
2: they know i think it's just it's like just true like kamikaze denial like at the end, like they're just like you know what I'm gonna just till the so end intense. deny 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 and then and then when they reveal the footage of them doing what they're saying they didn't they're just kind of like I'm learning.
1: I, I'm where I said I was working on that. There's a lot of that kind of stuff.
2: Yeah. And and Heather and Whitney, so they're cousins in real life. So they okay. they're like they're like Mormon royalty and they both mm. have sort of Whitney's officially left the church and Heather's writing a book about her, like, sort of lapsed Mormonism.
1: She said the the church is suing her because of that book.
2: Yeah, I that was crazy. I didn't, I didn't realize. I mean, I guess any church can sue, but like, God.
1: Yeah, they don't know, I normally do that. But she, it was one of the reasons why she had treated people poorly, and I was like, hmm, <laughs> like yeah. excuses to to shit on other people. Well, I am being sued by the. Yeah church of latter-day saints
2: my excuse for being a shitty cousin is because i'm being because i'm going through issues like being sued by the mormon church
1: (laughs) yeah and that i didn't tell you that but now i'm gonna tell you and now you're gonna feel bad there's a lot of there's so much at one point the one girl said now we're doing wordsmithing and i was like that's what it is it's it is it's people getting caught or other people confronting people of like, here's what you did, and this is why I didn't like it. And then that other person, the accused, immediately is like, here you have it completely wrong, and here's what actually happened. Now I, as the person who has witnessed none of it, I'm like, God, I wonder who's lying. And then they roll a clip, and it's like, holy shit, you are bald faced lying. Yeah. Directly to the face of these, like, true gaslighting. It's pathological. It's mind blowing
2: yeah i think it's and it's and they the bummer about later latter days housewives is they're also freaked out about what everyone's gonna say on twitter Uh. and social media so they're like they're constantly editing and self-editing because they never want to get the bad edit that's gonna like be on all the meme blog all the meme instagrams and like the bravo you know what i mean and so they're like constantly editing in their head so i think to me, my theory is like that's a that's an example of like someone who maybe didn't do this before, but is now being like kind of corrupted by the spotlight, but also like the fear of being like seen as a villain.
1: Yes. Well, by the and fans on
2: Twitter. Yeah.
1: By the fans. What I think is so genius about Andy reading comments from the audience is you cannot argue an objective like third party who's been watching everything you've done and remembers it and isn't your cousin and doesn't have a an agenda, they're just like, No, you're you lied four times. Like these people that follow these these shows have like comprehensive knowledge about their behavior so then they're writing these questions of like does it make you feel bad that you said you were on jen Shaw's side in the beginning and now you're not or whatever and they're just like so nailed like hearing these questions it's like god themselves writing in to be like i watched what you did here here and here this is what you're
2: like it is god god watches all as lydia tar said but um (laughs) No, and it's kind of Andy's way of, because Andy wants to kind of be like, I'm everyone's friend on this show, but it's his way too of like, he. I feel like he asks the questions he wants to ask. Absolutely. But he ha- he kind of has to like, I mean, he does do the like, I think you did it, but he can't always be like so direct. Yeah. So he has to sort of skirt around because these women, you know, they're the talent. So he has to like, make sure they're, they're feeling okay. But he also, so I think the fan questions are easy way for him to be like the fuck were you doing
1: yeah and and very effective
2: so the big issue is that heather will not fess up as to why she got a black eye when they were in san diego on like a girl's trip (laughs) so she woke up one morning i mean that that must have been insane for you to see
1: there were so many funny quotes about um and i wrote some of them down but i don't know there was one that was like I told you that in the hot tub before San Diego. And I was like writing it down like that would be so good on a shirt. And I have no idea what it means or is in reference to. But it's like that is a great th- quote. There's really good quotes of there that make perfect sense to them as they were kind of saying stuff back and forth. But is that the Marilyn Monroe night? Because at one point in all caps, I just wrote what happened on Marilyn Monroe night.
2: It was Marilyn Monroe, Riot. They they they. Went out to dinner to a charcuterie restaurant that only served charcuterie. (laughs) And they got fucking wasted and all got mad at each other. And then Jen and Heather and Meredith. Meredith is the one who was sitting next to Heather, who's very like, I will not comment on that. That's Meredith Marks.
1: I called her a brunette gold velvet, possibly on pills. (laughs) Ha ha! (laughs) pop i don't want to first of all i love a pill i i have done everything under the sun yeah no judgments but to be on a panel like that and to kind of like and maybe they were just editing it this way but every once in a while she would go to do something and it looked like she was waking up mid-conversation
2: we talk about this i mean she's very like tranked if not if not literally like spiritually something is tranquilized about her Mm -hmm. Um, so that's, that's very her. And she, and she was a former attorney. Oh shit. She has a law degree. So she's now sells jewelry.
1: Okay. Jewelry of, (laughs) of different laws.
2: Things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She makes dream catchers. No, but she, um, she sells like high end jewelry and like trinkets. Um, but she, but she's very, all of her answers. She's, she's like a wordsmith. She, Never answers a question completely. She does that lawyer thing of like, well, yes. I will not say or I won't say what's going on. Yes. And it's or like, does so the, you won't like,
1: has a whole mm-hmm. third answer that to a question no one asked. Like, she just starts talking about something else. Yeah.
2: We have all said things that we do not feel proud of, but I'm not saying that I'm one of those people who does not feel proud of the things <laughs> they've said, but I will not say that I did feel proud of that moment. <laughs> and then she's like. Yeah. Not but her doubt. that
1: dress was amazing. I was like, oh. "Who can wear gold velvet?" That woman has like, I mean, they all do. That it, it's it was a real like the fashion alone. I was like, "Jesus Christ!" These yeah, her dresses dress
2: was hypnotic.
1: It was amazing. It she has really like good. a
2: witchy. I like. her, I do. I'm a fan of her vibe. I there's something really like, you know, and I I like that. I think it's like kind of mesmerizing. But she's frustrating because she's full shit. Yeah.
1: She's a straight up liar. That part where they were like, you took a bath with your husband. And she was like, we were just talking. And then there's a whole thing of her sticking her toe on his taint. That was yeah. like the clip they rolled directly after where I was like, this is fucking amazing.
2: Like, I'm like, Meredith, you're literally foot fucking your husband right now in in a bubble bath. Like, And then she's like, we were just having a conversation and we happened to be in the tub and my foot was under his... <laughs> His area, and then Heather like a, Heather was adding to her lie, going, "Oh, for traction, I get it." Yeah, I was like, "What? You in on this together?" Yep,
1: yeah. they t- they planned it out.
2: Well, that's the, the thing too that I'm sure you noticed it, but like on all the reunions, there's always like an alliance. So they have like, "Oh yeah, I'm going to back you up. You're going to back me up." And we can tell it's like it's literally just the two groups versus each other.
1: But the idea, I'm sorry, I'm stating the obvious. They just recorded all of their behavior for like a year straight. It's all on tape. Back yourself up all you want. You're two liars. And then the clip (laughs) rolls and you're proven to be a liar. Like there's kind of no.
2: And Heather will not tell the, like Heather, her, and look, I've, look, we've both been there. Like she, she's like, I was blackout. I was, it was this like dark period for me where I was drinking a lot and I like woke up and I don't remember how I got my black eye and I'm. I felt too ashamed to admit that I was as drunk which I'm yeah, like okay cool. that 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 tracks
1: that tracks entirely
2: but it also doesn't because well because
1: then roll the clip and she's like fake clip. humping somebody which is that how she got the black eye like what happened well that's Jen I mean, Shaw
2: so oh, the who she was on yeah she was like as angie k said barbie scissoring um, <laughs> but it's like She was also kind of, the last few episodes, she was really, she was dragging out, like, well, I know what happened, but I'm not going to tell you what happened. And some people know what happened, but you don't. And I'm not going to, you, that's privileged information that you want. And it's like, so you're saying something did happen, but you're not. She made it seem like something kind of crazy happened. And she sort of implied in some way that Jen was responsible, whether she admits it or not. And then she doubled down on this reunion and was like, I was just drunk and I slipped or something. Oh, so it's like, you're, you're lying again.
1: So she was trying to maybe say, do you think she was going all in on like, well, since she already has been arrested, I'll just say she hit me like that well, idea? It,
2: no, I mean, maybe that's a good, I mean, yeah, I think that could be something or, I mean, I think Andy might've brought it up in the last previous episode, but like, are you, did you not want her to get in trouble? Cause she's already going down for so many things. Did you not want to add like, Oh, felony assault or something
1: but they also they so they started that episode with this kind of like there's a rumor that you guys were having sex or that you do have sex and that it was very odd conversation like and then it was super odd and heather's response was like she's your friend for 30 years and you think i did a sex act it was a very strangely phrased like it was weird weird response
2: she didn't really answer it. her Her answer was sort of like, "Well, again, you're not saying anything to really refute it, but you're also it was a that was a weird moment."
1: And it was like, and then they immediately dropped it. So it was this kind of like, and then they throw to the tape, and that's what was happening. It was like, or something weird was happening that I was like, "Okay, they're gonna get into this whole event," and they never well, did.
2: They, so they they cut out. You see, like a. Blair Witch like paranormal activity on the wall camera looking down at her and it's like four in the morning of the night of said black eye and then you see the doorknob jumble and then she opens it and then it cuts and then you cut so that was how they did it and then they reveal that it was just Jen Meredith the the lawyer jeweler and another (laughs) housewife just coming in to like party more at like 4 a.m. Oh. So something happened, I think, in that time, like one of them had to have known what was going on, like you know and they're I mean? just
1: not saying, Yes. yeah,
2: and, I, and we'll, we're never gonna know, and Laura, as she said, she wants to sue Heather for putting us through that and not giving us the information <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, and am i I'm thinking and I'm obviously wrong. Like, in their adult lives, but, like, these are all women who used to be in the Mormon church, where you're not supposed to drink or do anything.
2: Yeah, I think, like, three or four of them are Mormon, at least. Oh, okay. Three of them. Not everybody.
1: That's not a given.
2: Or were raised—yeah, and then Lisa Barlow. She's the one from New York. No, mm-hmm. no. She was <laughs> raised Jewish from New York, Long Island, and then converted to Mormon for her husband. Oh, okay. I think. So she doesn't or she drink was. or does? No she drinks she owns a tequila company but that is but heather did talk about like i was raised to be this good perfect girl and this was not in line with the behavior I, so she did i mean look i believe i could believe both scenarios
1: i just think it's uh, that whole story i was like well this seems like people who aren't that good at drinking you know yeah, what i mean like you're they're doing stuff that reminds me of being 17 where you're yeah, it's like, like they
2: never got their part their wild years or something
1: right so now they're just like vodka until two AM and then let's see what happens. Oh now I have a black eye and I kinda can't explain it.
2: Yeah. And, and people also, are mad like, at me. Yeah. And it's like if you're up at four AM, it's not just alcohol. Right. Right.
1: And they're rich, so they can they can access drugs freely.
2: Yeah, I just made I was just like, I, I know you can like maybe be on adrenaline, but like you you need something to stay awake. Yes, when you're for sure. that much anyway,
1: adrenaline from what great conversation like what, <laughs> what what
2: stimulating conversation <laughs> They're
1: just like Whip. this is amazing
2: <laughs> banter,
1: <laughs> but can I just ask really quick, what was Marilyn Monroe night? Like was it they declared it themselves, yeah, and then wore
2: outfits? okay, they all it was Marilyn Monroe. I think Whitney Rose came up with it. Yes, we will all be Marilyn tonight and go have charcuterie. So Whitney (laughs) then brings up that, like, Heather wasn't really there for her when she was unpacking her trauma on her hill journey. She's on a hill journey. Yeah. Because she had childhood abuse.
1: They, They did those right in a row. It was kind of like, accuse someone of having extramarital or, like, secret lesbian sex. And then here comes, you weren't there for me when I uh had these revelations
2: there's always one person that just gets fucking torn up in these reunions and it's like you know when you're watching the season going on you're like oh man they're gonna get so much shit yeah but whitney said it's time to testify it's time to absolve yourself in front of me the wild rose and heather's like (laughs) heather's like that's not true i was there for you whitney i i don't know what you're talking about i i And she said something kind of shitty. She goes, well, we only ever talked about your trauma on camera.
1: Mm -hmm, That was was mean. "Mm,
2: That was a really mean dig.
1: And then at one point, Whitney said something about, well, you're the it's hard to do this with you. You're the master debater. And I was like, as I here, I'm just wrote down. I'll have to take this on faith because I haven't seen any evidence of this. But then I started seeing what she meant, where. She would do a thing where she would argue, talk over. She would do the thing where if Whitney was trying to make a point, she'd just start talking so that it would just be like rabble. And yeah. then she would go, I don't want to do this. I don't want to involve my family in this. She would play this like she would suddenly declare the argument to be done because she was above it or she wasn't going to be brought down by it. And it was a weird power move.
2: Well, yeah, she's sort of like kind of big sisters, Whitney. and. <laughs> She kind of keeps the Wild Rose at bay. And I think Wild <laughs> Rose on her hill and journey is breaking through and she's, she's gaining her voice and her truth. And I think Whitney yes. or Heather realizes that that dynamic can't last. So she's like, I think she only liked Whitney when she thought she could kind of like dom her. But yes. I think you're right. I think that's what Whitney was saying was like, I can't, she's quicker than me with like, some people are just not as like, and that doesn't mean they're not smart as that person. They're just not as like brash or quick
1: yeah they they don't know those tricks there are some very i was kind of enjoying watching people like roll out their trick bag because that you know heather was like deny deny uh she did that one thing one time when they were saying you did do that heather and she was like Oh look i jen shaw did those things that's not my fault she like did that like now this is a third topic and you're she pretended they were accusing her of something totally different like there was a real like you could walk through the the trick bag and then when they would be like no 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 because right is lisa was the one sitting next to whitney
2: yeah she was sitting next to wild rose
1: and (laughs) so lisa is good at arguing and she is good at being like you're wordsmithing yeah
2: she's a lot, I'd say about forty percent of what she says is absolute nonsense, but <laughs> she, but she's committed to it and she has conviction. So you're like, okay, Lisa, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, but I believe you. Yes, you could be lying to me right there. now, but I kind of believe you. She's the queen. So Lisa's like, no, no, that's not, that's not it. I love my family. I love my children. I love my husband, and and nothing you can say can change that. Like it's very like, okay,
1: yeah great
2: and she kind of interjects a lot
1: she also grabs both pieces of hair like at chest level and kind of at one point (laughs) it was like she got shocked by some piece of news and grabbed her hair and i was like that is the most fascinating character study like she just grabbed both hanging pieces of hair
2: well as we find out lisa is like one of six kids and is like the middle child and i think had to parent Mm. herself so she's very like she has middle child energy yeah, yeah. I think that's her way of soothing.
1: Yeah, well, a little self-soothing.
2: goes. Of... No one likes being called a liar. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, no that chat. was
1: that was the time she woke up from. She was absolutely checked out, and then she, was she it, out. There was she definitely picked her head up to say, "No one likes being called a liar."
2: No one likes being called out. It was effective, like, though. It was very effective. That's why I'm like, she's she hypnotizes you.
1: Yeah. And she's making a salient point about the bigger picture of like, hey, you both fucked up. And like you're and that's what happens between people when you if I wanted to say to you, Carrie, you were you ignored my feelings and then you couldn't handle that, that would shame you really badly. So you would need to say to me, My feelings don't matter, right? And these are yeah. like we've all fucking done this. We have everyone's done it. Drunk and sober.
2: We're not sitting on like two couches with like wearing a dress that we can't breathe in.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we and we and we did it in college or like even yeah. younger. Mm-hmm. So that you know that this will go nowhere. Like this isn't the way you confront people about yeah responsibility for feelings and there's and that that is the way to get out of it this the trap door the side door out is someone makes a large scale everyone is guilty statement or everyone mm-hmm. is vulnerable and now you're done with this conversation you don't have to talk about that anymore
2: all too while they're sitting their posture is so good did you notice that they're just the way they're sitting i'm like damn that must be hard on your back
1: I feel like the posture is related to the amount of botox in their faces cuz there was one cut to Heather, I believe, yes. And it was like they were talking about other stuff and then they just cut to her for a reaction and she I was like that's what I would look like. Like I've I've gotten botox before and that is it gave it gave me this weird um I looked very stern all the time. Like I looked like I was always on a Zoom meeting. It was just like Ugh. <laughs> When do we? When are we leaving? And that's totally well, what that's she that's what she does like. for a like... living.
2: That's her company. Zoom? <laughs> she's she's the CEO of Zoom. <laughs> she
1: started Zoom? She, she founded
2: be... Zoom. She's so rich. No, she she runs a beauty lab and laser, like, Botox place. And another oh, yeah. theory so is she, she got a everything. black. So another theory is she got the black eye from bad Botox, and she thought it would look bad for her business. So that's why she's not saying <gasps> anything, which I also Ooh. believe that. I buy that.
1: Yep. She she got Botox in the middle of the night. Yeah, after M- Marilyn Monroe party.
2: Yeah, after after she got beat up by Jen, and then she got Botox.
1: <laughs> Part of this feels to me like when you go visit your friend that goes to a different college for like the weekend yeah. and you have to like suddenly you're involved in it's like the same recognizable problems, but you just don't have to be connected or care about them. Yeah. Like that's it's kind of fun in that way. Where it's just like if I dip in too long, I will absolutely become obsessive Obsessed. about these things because it is fascinating. But I think the reason I don't, it's like that reason. I will get too I will get really mad about Melanie or whoever. You're like Is there a Melanie?
2: Melanie? Meredith? Meredith, yeah. Melanie. Sorry. Mel, C, Mel B. From Spice Girls. <laughs> and basically, Whitney's like, how did you treat Jen with such grace and gave her so much room <laughs> when she's doing deplorable things? But with me, you had no, you had no patience. And she's like, well, "She," and then she goes, well, I hold Jen to a lower standard than you. Yeah. And I was like, all right, that's real.
1: It was really real. And then Whitney misunderstood what she meant. And then. Heather had to re-explain it without being condescending. You could tell she was trying her hardest. But since they're cousins, I bet, in real life off camera, she would have been like, I said it would have been one of those moments. But instead she was trying to like be she was just using that hand gesture to try to explain it.
2: Exactly. I think I think Heather is really I mean, for the first two seasons, she was sort of like the audience proxy and like she was everyone's favorite like she kind of was like the voice of reason and like the person being like get a load of this shit yeah and I think she got kind of comfortable in that position and this season she's like branding she's expanding her business she's writing a memoir I think she's like trying to become like the Bethany Frankel of this and I think so she's very aware constantly of how she looks how she seems and i think it's really fucking her over
1: unfortunately i empathize entirely i also think her dress was gorgeous i could every time they cut to that dress it was like sparkly tangerine Mm -hmm. bronze i don't know but it looked amazing yeah i don't know how i feel about whitney's dress though because you could see the zipper
2: (laughs) the zipper was that was bad
0: the
1: zipper design as a that was intentional i just unzipped this gown
2: her straps on her shoulder they kept like they were moving a lot especially in the first and i kept being like just fix
1: it (laughs) let's get some tape get some tape
2: shoot june was busting out all over (laughs) she's (laughs) she's positively bursting out of that dress
1: for real i mean it's kind of like this is what this is what money can get you and it's yeah. you know it is it is kind of amazing Mom deserves
0: better than a drugstore card This Mother's Day surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig add your favorite photos a heartfelt message
1: and we'll even mail it for you the same day all for just $5
2: And then they, we get a rep, we get a clip of what, the wild roses podcast, which just killed me. It was just her and some other woman that like looks like her, but just like with taller hair.
1: It hurt me and, so bad to watch and that. Bigger clip.
2: boobs somehow. Mm-hmm. Just sort of like sitting at a kitchen island with like two glasses of, you know, Chardonnay behind them, just being like a little drunk
1: being drunk and kind of making these statements where i was like this is what you sound like on your podcast (laughs) like it was that kind of thing of like i don't think that she but ultimately i think this and that it was all like kind of buzzwords and she said gaslight and she said you know yeah like those different things it was like she had to get all the way away to say her side of the story she had to go to this podcast studio
2: i i wrote that this is me and you potting tonight (laughs) it is we're do-
1: <laughs> parallel or like sitting parallel yeah. facing forward
2: it is very like she kind of she sort of uses like buzzword therapy stuff and it's like as like she like lobs them at people and it's kind of like okay yeah i know you're hillin and i'm proud of you for on- <laughs> being on your hillin journey but <laughs> don't talk to me about gaslighting we all know you know what i mean it's like okay
1: it's yeah it's a bit It also, it's not, uh, it doesn't apply to everything. It's not, and it's also, everybody does it. Everybody does all those things.
2: Also, sometimes it's like you're not being gaslit, you're just fucking annoying.
1: Right? Yes.
2: You can be gaslit, and you can be also just annoying. And two things can be true at once.
1: That's right. That's right. Hill. Hillen. That's what Hillen Hillen. looks like.
2: (laughs) Did you love her voice? She says Hillen.
1: Does she? I didn't notice any of this accent, but I'm really loving the. Uh, I'm just loving loving being exposed to it. This is basically what it's left you with for watching a season of these people. You mean talking. this accent? <laughs> I just. I think I was distracted by the zipper. The yeah, zipper. the zipper look where i was like is it intentional it must be intentional i was like having a whole conversation but um i also goes very nervous for her like when she was speaking yeah. she was trying to say meaningful things and she was getting shut down in such creative ways that mm-hmm. i was just like oh how does she ever do this she can't
2: it's hard they break for lunch and whitney goes ha huh, is it's already 2 30 mm-hmm. <laughs> i was like it is
1: it is
2: And then Lisa says that she's like, I don't understand when she's, they're eating like bowls together, like grain bowls. And she's like, I don't understand. Somehow today, Heather's being so subdued. What's going on with her? I just, I don't know this person sitting over there.
1: Was that true? Do you think she was like trying to be on her best behavior? Yeah. Was she subdued in part one?
2: She's like, she's sort of like, yeah, I hear what you're saying. I, I, you know, it's very like, but defensive. It's like, She's being like sort of careful. She's more careful this reading than she was in the last two. Mm. Which is a bummer. Because she can be funny.
1: Right. No, she seemed like she was she was there. She was there to defend herself for sure. And to kind of like try to present what she's like. You will judge me based on this right now, not on. And then it's like roll the clip. And she's rolling around on the ground or whatever.
0: Just like
2: it does feel like a, a presidential debate, doesn't it? When yeah. There's like eight of them on. There's like eight of them on stage, and like Mary Willis- <laughs> Williamson's just there, like talking about psychic <laughs> terrorism.
1: The the thing where they would just all start talking at the same time, where it was just like, "Well, you must know this is impossible. It's bad entertainment. It's bad yeah. for like the sound guy probably is going insane." Like. Yeah. None of this is going to solve anything. You won't win your point. You're all just no. talking.
2: They bring the husbands on.
1: Oh, I can't. That from the teaser clip at the top to when they were actually there, I just, those I don't want to. see I checked that.
2: out too. I don't want to see. It, it was a snooze. It was a real snooze.
1: Their teeth were really big. And
2: yeah, big veneers. They,
1: there was one who literally was keeping a stiff upper lip so that he wouldn't cry. And it was so uncomfortable to me.
2: Uh, Lisa's husband, John. hmm He was like, he... I didn't appreciate when you talked ill of my wife. Yeah. I was very hurt by that.
1: It was like to bring your real feelings to that panel. Yeah. Oh, I was like, sir, no, please. I just got here and I know you shouldn't be doing this.
2: And then Whitney Rose and her husband are giving, like, swingers, his his swinger energy was, like, his mustache is, like, hey, his unbuttoned shirt, get a tan.
1: I can solve this. Where it's like, no, you can't dude
2: <laughs> No, you can't. <laughs> I don't know if you can solve anything.
1: I can solve it. I can get these guys back together. Also, I was actually genuinely shocked, not to be a total prude, but they were, like, well, we somebody said like you guys were inappropriate in that one thing, and then they roll a clip of like there. It looks like they're getting ready to have sex, and he's spanking her. Do you remember that? Yeah, part? and they're like
2: covered in they're covered in like mud or paint or something.
1: Yeah. What?
2: Well, he got he got fired from his job allegedly for that.
1: For doing that on camera. Yeah. I mean, I'm not. I see. I, know, it. I'm I can not that see surprised. that. <laughs> it's like what? It
2: was not anything I wanted to see.
1: What does he do for a living? I don't
2: know. <laughs> he's I mean, a priest. <laughs> he's a priest. I mean, he was, they got excommunicated. He got excommunicated from the Mormon church because he, Whitney's, his was. they had an affair together. Mm. So he, his marriage, both of their marriages ended. I think she was yeah. like his secretary or worked for him or something. Okay. So he's been excommunicated and then they've like embraced this kind of wild drinking lifestyle and she's the wild rose.
1: <laughs> Does she I call swear. herself that?
2: She, yeah, like, she's, like, she is the Wild Rose, and so she, like, they just have, they like to present themselves as this, like, free-spirited, oversexed couple, just living <laughs> on the edge of, frin- on the fringe of Salt Lake City.
1: I mean, that suit, so, I appreciate that, because it's original, and it's new, and you've never seen, you've never seen two married people try to do that before.
2: But it's not something I want to see ever again.
1: I was, I, this, this banking thing, I was just like, what, wait, what? It, like, what is happening?
2: <laughs> You're not approved. That's just, it was just gross.
1: Yeah, I was just kind of, I didn't realize it seemed so much more intimate. I was like, isn't this a drinking fighting at a restaurant show? Like, what are we yeah. doing here? There's <laughs> bathtub. There's that.
2: Fighting in an empty restaurant.
1: Yeah. <laughs> with, with like a lighting guy right behind you. Yeah. yeah.
2: Andy, so I like this. Andy calls out Meredith because in the previous season, Meredith was, like, so anti-Jen because Jen told, Jen came for her son on Twitter and called him a twink.
1: I think you told me about this when it happened. For some reason, you and I, maybe you were, maybe it was for some other reason, but I remember
0: this.
2: Meredith has, like, an iconic queer son named Brooks who's a lives in new york and he's a fashion designer and he talks like hell yes and jen and him had like a twitter spat and she called him like an evil twink or something oh and meredith and then when jen got arrested on camera which you should you you need to just watch that episode without knowing it just standalone it's an iconic episode okay she gets arrested in a sprinter van Mm. homeland security and the new york the FBI comes to the parking lot where they're in and Jen flees before they get there and they're, and then they come and the rest of the women are just waiting for her, like waiting around. And then they come and they're like, uh, what? And it's like Homeland security. Fuck. She got the tip. Someone called her. Bait was like, get out of there right now. They're coming for you. So she didn't want to get arrested on camera. So she fled and got arrested like on the road.
1: Well, that's kind of smart, though, because you don't want to be arrested by no. Homeland Security on camera. Yeah. I mean, this is a the thing then when that actually happened, I heard about it and I also read people's comment threads. I love to do stuff like that where I'm like, what are other people saying to each other about this? And yeah. that always is very interesting to me because I'm just like, wait, what? And the discussion they got into, which might be skipping ahead too far, but it was no, it was compelling to me. It's a free for all, right?
2: It's a right? free for um, all. <laughs>
1: It's a free association. But they started talking about like she like um when they were talking about like her how guilty would she be if she was recording a show like this, then like the one um was it Meredith who was trying to say it doesn't make sense that she would be on this show and agree to be a housewife and While doing this because you would get caught naturally. So the logic wasn't there where I was like, oh, that's interesting. Like, they were really starting to get into the psychology of how could you go onto a reality show when you know you're doing this thing that's going to get you arrested.
2: No, it's interesting. And Meredith kind of brought up like she was like, well, there was she kind of like alluded to something that like Jen knew before the show even started that she was starting to be investigated. Mm. And then Andy's like, wait, what are you talking about? She's And then Meredith's like, well, that's just saying what I heard. <laughs> and Andy sort of says... And then when Jen got arrested, Meredith was kind of, like, gloating a little. Like, mm-hmm. she was sort of like, well... Because at that point she'd already written her off, and she was, like, very, like, in the bathtub, like...
1: Yeah, she said, I knew it.
2: To yeah. somebody. To Mary or she Cosby. was like,
1: you're saying you're, you're surprised. All bitchy. Yeah.
2: And but then this season she was like ride or die, like went to new york with heather to support jen when she was being sentenced like suddenly her her tune changed and andy was sort of like why since when are you like team jen when you last season you were like her number one enemy and like rooting for her to fail and right. Meredith was like, "I always root for the underdog."
1: Yeah, that was the funniest. Okay, cuz then it's like, then they're rolling the footage like she wants yeah. to deny. Yeah. She wants to deny and just lie. That's like but then they're just like, "Here's 96 examples of what we're talking about."
2: <laughs> exactly.
1: I just get so surprised when they it just doesn't it doesn't make sense to be like But then that is a perfect dodge of, like, I always root for the underdog. So it's like, I'm sorry. So you're saying the person who got arrested for scamming people for millions of dollars is the underdog? That's weird. And
2: and then she brings up, like, her nephew tried to kill himself. So she's like, I know that Jen tried to take her own life. And because that hits home for me, I'm going to stand by someone who tried to take their own life. Yeah. And then Andy's like presses on her a little and she's like, well, I'm, you know, do I think she should die? No. Why wouldn't I be? And then Andy goes, no one here is saying she should die, Meredith. Yeah. And then I was like in my head, I was like, "Okay," because he plays favorites. And I was like, he just wrote her off. I think he doesn't like you can tell he doesn't really like Meredith.
1: Yeah, because that's an egregiously unreasonable. Like, stop arguing if that's what you're about to say. Just stop. Admit you're lost. Because it's like you're she basically was like, you all want me to want her to die. It's like, well, that's a little bit unreasonable, don't you think, in this discussion.
2: Completely unhinged. You so you're saying if I didn't support her, that would mean that I would want death on her. (laughs) You're
1: asking me to kill my friend? Yeah.
2: You're asking me to kill this woman who has children? how unreasonable and then andy's like that's not what i'm none of us are saying that
1: and andy's like look i'm gonna have to intervene here this to yeah, step yeah. too far this is crazy
2: <laughs> that was like maybe the crazy that was like the underrated craziest moment of the, the maybe the season
1: really yeah because it wasn't she didn't have to go that far like she she went there she did it
2: yeah it's like you went you just took it to a place of death you took it to a place of afterlife when it didn't need to go there. No, it's a strange, the it's a strange behavior to go from being gleeful, ostensibly being gleeful about someone's downfall, to then being like, while they're facing guilt charges for frauding elderly people, yeah, suddenly you this like moral compass of the show, or how you you treat yourself like this paragon of more morality you're now being like i ride with her i stand with her till the end
1: yeah where it's like okay well then roll clip number 800 to prove you don't like yeah it's just a very um it feels short-sighted yeah but I guess that's what this is for, right? Because what they're do this is kind of like the hot seat where it's just like we've all observed you being this way for a season. Now you have to answer for it and they're still doing this same thing like a denial kind of psycho person would do where it's just like no, I didn't. It's like but you we have a season's worth of you doing it. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's really like a moment of like there i think once you do the show for a certain amount of time you start like becoming less self-aware and you're like always yes. filming you know and like you're always on and you're always like well this is going to get edited or like i'm you know i'm i'm aware of the camera but this you're right this is the reunions are like in theory supposed to be this like moment of atonement yeah and it's becoming more and more It feels like it's becoming more of a thing where the reunions are just stale because they all just are so afraid of how they're coming off.
1: Well, and I think maybe have people learned, I'm not sure, but it seems to me, because this is, you know, whatever, the fifth franchise or something, that these women know how to housewife, right? They're doing all the, they want to win, they want to be the best one, they they want all their side projects to go they want to sell their merch right that's the game but like them sitting there you know like at one point heather right the blonde with the one one shoulder dress Mm -hmm. it was like whitney was trying to say something to her like it really hurt me of all the things you just said you regretted that was the very end like and you didn't regret our friendship and then and it could have been an edit because that's how these shows work but the look she gave that girl back. She might as well have said out loud, like, I'll never forgive you. This is over. Like, I don't give a fuck what you think. That's what the look on her face was. Yeah. They absolutely could have picked that because it was just this kind of stare. Like, you just told me how hurt you are and that I hurt you. And I don't – I basically am not accepting it. It's so – like, the psychology that... of it is intense.
2: And that felt like – um It's like a look, it almost felt like a sibling look. Yes. Like when you, someone in your family, like, kind of pulls the rug out from under and, like, unveil, like, reveals something in front of mixed company. Yeah. And you just, and you just shoot that look of, like, you're going to hear about this in 20 minutes. Or, like, I'm so fucking mad at you for, like, it's like you, how dare you just out me.
1: Yes. And then... Also, how dare you leave me with no like I am now proven wrong because that I think that's after a while, whether it's their personality and they're just like narcissists or whether it's just what the show teaches them to do, admitting that you're wrong or or going like, you know what that like she kind of started doing that at the end. But there was this hardness about her where it was just like, I'm sorry, I can't be all things to you. Like, there was answers like that after a while where you're just like a bigger person would have just said, I'm sorry, I hear what you're saying. And I don't like the idea that you would be hurt that way. But they're not doing any of that shit. Like, no, I think Whitney was trying to do a little bit of it and thinking she could get that out of her.
2: I think Heather has a lot of resentment towards Whitney.
1: But does she have good reason? And I don't mean that against her. I'm like genuinely asking.
2: I honestly, for me, in my opinion, Whitney's biggest crime is sometimes she's annoying. Mm. And like, she's just kind of like, you know, she gets drunk and she like, she always she she's a drunk. She she's a fire starter, but she gives good TV. I have come around on her a lot. She's a divisive figure. But I think she in this situation, I think Heather was really hard on her.
1: Yeah. It seemed like it. But it also seemed like there was something got crossed that Heather was just like, no, this is done.
2: Yeah. I think Heather's written her off. Yeah. And I think Whitney's now like seeing that and is like, oh shit. Yeah. You know, cause it's, this is going to, this is real. This isn't just like an edit or like the drama of the season. Like, we're done.
1: It had that like. It honestly did start to have that feeling that really bad like yeah, a friendship ender vibe. We were just like, mm. "Shit, guys." Guys. In this beautiful in this beautiful ski lodge, you're going to fight like that? <laughs> this gorge, we haven't even talked about the set. How gorgeous.
2: It was like part part lodge, part cracked temple.
1: <laughs> I was going to start by saying, "Whose house was that? What house were <laughs> they shooting at?"
2: They were shooting at um, they were shooting at Meredith's house. No, it was very it was give it was giving like Babylonian temple. Yes. Struck then, down by God.
1: Yeah, but also a little bit of veil. Yeah, you it know, was very it, it, that yeah. was in there too.
2: Beaver Creek. <laughs> yeah, and then they're like, Lisa, what are your regrets? And she's like, I don't really have any regrets.
1: <laughs> Must have been nice.
2: I was like, wow. She's great. She did great. She did great this season. She did. She was the dark horse coming in. She, you know, she was sort of, she became the outcast of the crew in the beginning of the season and she just willed her way back in. Wow. Yeah. She got caught on Mike in the last season talking. She and Meredith were BFF and she got caught on Mike saying, Meredith with her stupid family that poses. She's a fucking garbage (laughs) whore who's fucked half of New York City.
1: Did she say that?
2: Yeah, we. It was on the hot mic. You saw everything.
1: Oh, fuck, that's intense. Was she drunk too?
2: Not really. She was just. F- she was just like bursting. She was just fuming. Shit, garbage whore. Right. She's fucked half of New York, and I love her <laughs> stupid fucking family that poses.
1: <laughs> Does she mean like they're posers? Like they skateboard and they're but they don't really know how to. What is she? Yeah. What's the accusation?
2: I think it was that.
1: I found her confusing, especially in profile. There's some like, doesn't it look like her top lip is bigger? It goes up out over her bottom lip. Uh huh. Little bit Simpson's y.
2: (laughs) (laughs) She does look like a Simpsons character.
1: Little bit. Touch.
2: Yeah, that's so true. She has a very she's like an she's an enigma. She looks like a completely different person when she doesn't have her makeup on. You know, she's very pretty, like, both ways. But when she doesn't have her makeup on, she looks like a – it's like, who is that?
1: Yeah, the, I think there was a couple times where they would roll footage of her, like, at home or something. And I didn't know what was happening. I didn't know what what I was supposed to be knowing because I didn't think it was her.
2: Yeah, she's just, like, a businesswoman. She has multiple business. She's an entrepreneur. Her sons are already – they have their own business line. Line of body wash.
1: What was that weird? They, there was a weird part where they tried to talk shit about they how they raised their son, like he yeah. was spoiled or he didn't do something. I was like, "What's she this about?" She shut that right.
2: She shut that right down. Good. Yeah, there's a lot of like <laughs> Lisa's sort of Lisa is like the Roy Cohn of. <laughs> she's the spin the spin doctor of the housewives. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't have any regrets. <laughs> I had a really good season.
1: Not even the top lip. Okay. Well then. Not even the
2: top lip. No, it's perfect. I love it. I love my husband. Love my boys. <laughs> love them so much. My husband and I are sealed together in the temple forever.
1: <laughs> if you break the seal, we'll haunt you for seven hundred years.
2: We're gonna haunt you for seven thousand fucking years if you break the seal. I'll come back. Don't there will try. Be so
1: many, so many scarabs crawling everywhere around your house if you break this seal.
2: You will wake up to a thousand and one Beatles in your own bed.
1: Wait, can I tell you the quote? I just looked down because I did write notes, but I haven't looked at them this whole time. But I just I mean, looked I down covered, and I bolt.
2: We covered all the. Good and stuff. we really did. Yeah. What was the What was the quote?
1: I have my own victories. I realize I'd been insensitive to Lisa at ski day. <laughs>
2: <laughs> was that Heather?
1: Uh, yes. Meredith. Well. um, uh, yes, because Andy said she was, she had been the own it girl, but now, mm. but then she had been changing and they, that was when it got super real. Cause they were like, uh, whoever wrote in the question, the, the viewer said was something going on in your private life that we didn't know about cause you changed. And it like kind of rung her bell a little bit. And then they were t- basically talking about how sh- the way she had changed the other people were talking. And then Andy was like, like do you agree or whatever? And she was like, I have gone through hard stuff. And then she went into her thing, <laughs> the lawsuit in the book. But then she said, but I have my own victories, but I own being mean to Lisa. <laughs> or I ski realized day. I'd been insensitive to Lisa on ski day.
2: Ski day is so beautiful. And I think, yeah, I think Heather, I think, I honestly think the amount of time she spent with Jen also like affected the way she behaved. Because Jen is like a yeah. very toxic, extremely manipulative, pathological, and destructive person who like is abusive and has thrown phones at her staff. Ugh. She's well, like you could terrible... kind of tell that
1: because of that necklace she was wearing in the hot tub. Yeah. Did you see the size of that? It was like a chain choker. She's a, in she's a hot she's tub. She's evil. <laughs> what
2: do in you the beginning do of the it? season, I was like, I don't want her to go to jail. She's kids, and now I'm like, bye. Yeah. Because yeah. I knew she was wrong, but I like I never want anyone to go to jail.
1: No, 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 no! It's horrifying. But, but she's then going for
2: six point five years.
1: Shit, man, that's serious. She
2: was like, cons- she was the true. She was like the the godmother of this ring.
1: And they basically were just ripping off old people that would give them like like their credit card yeah. number over the phone.
2: They would be like, they would just be like, you know, when you get those like telemarketing like you're in trouble for this or like this dangerous uh, thing has happened and the old people are like oh shit okay that's her yeah she would like that's, clean how she them got out.
1: The, that's how she got that big necklace she's like it's all worth it
2: the heart of the ocean <laughs> the heart of the hot tub
1: <laughs> jesus christ
2: karen if you had to pick someone from this cast of slc who would who would you say i'm you're most like
1: right away and i thought that the second i saw her on camera as heather i think that i am um i use words i think i use i'm a wordsmith i think i'm a gaslighter and a wordsmith i also think that um i can go very flat when people piss me off like i Mm. definitely engage the nicest thing i do is engage when i'm mad but the thing that i think that i saw her doing that i went oh no it's like that thing of whitney basically being like it makes me sad that we're cousins and we used to be good friends and like you don't seem to care anymore and then that look back i was just like i've done that i've done
2: you're an owner girl too though
1: i'm trying to own it right in this moment by saying and also just like I empathize of the feeling of having a really big face when no one else has a big face. No. (laughs) She has a really big face. And I was like, damn, I know that feeling when like everyone else is really like narrow and you're just like, here's me in my big face. No. I'm really mad. (laughs) I'm just saying these are my feelings.
2: (laughs) I have a big face too. I have a huge face. I have have the biggest face. When I'm next to people in a photo, I'm like, wow, look at that big face. Same. Um. In the spirit of being own it, girl, I would say I'm like Whitney. Are you? Yeah, sensitive, kind of annoying.
1: On a healing journey, on a healing Pre-anim- journey.
2: Yeah, like permanent youngest child. Yes. Trying to trying to do their best, but also getting themselves into some trouble. <laughs> Is
1: Whitney slightly, just lightly Irish, a little bit?
2: Uh, no, she she speaks like with a really strong, like Midwest kind of accent. She says "hey" instead of "healing." She says "Helen" and "Fillen," and so we we take it far and we transform her into like a shanty Irish like <laughs> woman who's like leaving for New York from from <laughs> Belfast.
1: Yes, with her like scarf shawl wrapped around her uh-huh. waist
2: she's like she's the mom she's literally the mom in titanic tucking her kids into bed (laughs) so they'll like drown in peace (laughs) go to bed now children (laughs) but that's but we take it too far but we you know gotta love the wild rolls
1: i mean all of these women to sacrifice themselves on the altar of reality television it's it's really quite something it's rough stuff
2: they're fucking joan of arc all of them
1: it's so noble.
2: It is noble. For the energy brave.
1: It's kind of like go out there, drink this, take this, do that, you know, eat this, don't eat this, go out there. Now let's just see what comes out of you based on what you've been through.
2: Give your soul in every way possible and sometimes your body, your physical and spiritual essence release it to us. Yep. You will devour and destroy. Yeah, and you will then you will be a husk.
1: And then you might be able to come out with your own line of tank tops. So <laughs> the trade off is perfect, <laughs> right?
2: Karen, <laughs> this was amazing. Oh, we'll do an in person recording sometime with Laura too. You have to come I back.
1: Would adore, I would adore it. Yeah, it was super fun. I miss you in person. I know. I miss your friendship. We haven't seen each other in You like, miss my three big months. face. I miss your my big face next to your big face.
2: Me too. My moods is. way face. we hang out?
1: Cheek to cheek. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> With Mike and Ike's.
1: But I'm I'm so excited you guys are doing live shows again. I'm so excited like all that normalcy is starting again. It makes me happy.
2: Hopefully you guys will be back live soon.
1: Yes. I hope I so can't too. Wait.
2: That yeah. would be that's always a you have to if you ever get a chance to see my Hermur live it's so fun. Mm-hmm. It's like theater of the macabre in the best way. <laughs> I love it.
1: Pure insanity. Pure insanity. Pure
2: comedy, fun, dark. It's great. So you can follow Karen at...
1: Twitter.com. Slash. As long as it still works. Twitter.com. That's <laughs> at Karen Kilgariff. That's the only one I'm on.
2: And listen to My Favorite Murder every week and all the good up, all the good programs on Exactly Right, Karen and George's Network.
1: We have several podcasts on there.
2: Super fun. I know some of the people that do them. It's so many good podcasts on there. So it's a trove. So go, go check it out. Thank you, my friend. All right, Karen. Love you.
1: Love you. Thanks for having me. It was super fun.
2: And love and light to all of you.
1: Love and light. Bye.
0: Sexy Unique Podcast is created by me, Lara Marie Shane Halls. This episode was co-hosted by the one and only Carrie O'Donnell. This episode was edited by Ness smith Savadoff. If you like what you heard today, please be sure to subscribe to Sexy Unique Podcast on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're craving more sup and just can't get enough and want access to things like bonus episodes, tons of premium content, as well as ad-free episodes of the pod, consider supporting the podcast on Patreon. You can find out more at patreon.com slash podcast.